This is the Church Planting Podcast, brought to you by the Broadcast Network. Broadcast exists to support, train and encourage church planters. For more information about who we are or about the training that we offer, please visit our website at www.thebroadcastnetwork.org. Hello and welcome to episode 217 of the Broadcast Podcast. Today we have a session for you from the most recent online Catalyst Hub and it's from Andy Davis who leads Hope Community Church in Wales and this session is called Honest Reflections of the Season We're In and he draws from his own experience recently as a church and their recent building project but then also he's incredibly open and honest at talking very personally about his own experiences in the last couple of years as well of the seasons they've been in. And uh, it's a really challenging session, and I know you're going to enjoy it. So this is it. This is Honest Reflections of the Season We're In. Well, guys, it is really good. I want to talk today on releasing your hidden awesomeness. (laughs) No, I'm not talking on releasing your hidden... Actually, I did have a great talk prepared. It was all about vision, what you do, your values, all the culture... And this morning, listening to the radio and listening to the ongoing saga of Boris Johnson and everything that's going on in our politics, I actually felt God say, I want you to talk on something completely different and talk about knowing seasons that you're in and knowing when seasons have ended and how to move on on seasons. So I actually haven't got any real notes. I wrote down a few things, but I'm just going to share some reflections on this and hopefully you will uh, be encouraged by it. Um, I've not been able to get to some events recently because uh, I was getting these severe chest pains. And uh, being as there is a GP on here, it's good to, to say, I can't even pronounce what they've diagnosed me with, but it's costocoronaritis. But anyway, gone. what is it? Costochondritis. There we go. See, it's nice when you live in Wales to sometimes have words that you can't pronounce. It's always helpful. Anyway, so I, I, that has kind of affected me. And so some of my reflections are going to be on where I'm at. This is actually going to be, do you want to give this a title? It's Honest Reflections of the Season We're In. There's a great quote from Lord of the Rings. I don't often quote Lord of the Rings, but I wish I like this one. I wish it had not happened in our time, said Frodo. So do I, said Gandalf. And so do all who have lived to see such times. But that is not for them to decide. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to us. And we had just walked through a very bizarre season. You know, we've gone through lockdown, COVID, we've walked through all that's happening in the Ukraine, we've walked through the cost of living crisis, we're walking through uh, just even political crisis and what is happening. And all of us have had very different experiences of it. We've all walked through the same thing. And I think sometimes we make the mistake of thinking just because we all go through the same things, we've all ended out in the same place at the end of it. And the truth is, we've all ended up in very different places. As I've gone around lots of different churches, talked through lots of different leadership teams, there are remarkable, some are in a really good place and motivated and excited. Some are tired and weary. Some have disappeared. You know, actually it was remarkable how many churches disappeared during lockdown. 
Um, there were some church plants, but actually some quite big ones. In Cardiff, there was a, a church that's lost 50% of the congregation. And there's another church down the road who are very excited because they've gained 50% of their congregation. And uh, you kind of look and everything's changed. And, and I have to be honest and say, if part of your major gifting is prophetic, this is definitely a season that has made you question things. You know, I have to be honest and say, you know, if I say, oh, yeah, I've got a prophetic gift. Did you see this coming? No. <laughs> In fact, I haven't really seen anything. You know, it does make you think, well, Lord, what what? What am I seeing? What, what is this gift? You know, for the pastors, this is great. You know, people are going through crisis. Well, help them, help them, help them. For other gifts, you know, you can teach into it. But when you say, actually, you want to hear God and speak into things, it is quite a challenge. And, and for me, it has made me reflect and work through where am I? What am I doing? And what is God saying? As a church in, in RID, we, well, I think we did lockdown really well. In fact, we kind of grew during lockdown. We kind of saw lots of people kind of join into us and we went for the building project. We managed to raise 250,000. We got the building. Uh, God was really speaking to Liz and me about church, uh, the call that we had to, to Wales, which was to church plant and to pioneer churches all around Wales. I've been invited to sort of head up a, an initiative in Wales which is gathering church planters all across Wales to look how we can just do missional churches right around the nation. And I'm going to call it Spearhead Wales. And we're praying about Brecon and in the process, we're kind of handing things over to John. And you would say, oh, this is exciting. And I, I reflect, I think in the last few weeks, the church is not quite where maybe we hoped it would be. I think actually you kind of think that when we went for the building project, we we're in a much stronger place than we are now. We've got the building project, got the building. And actually, it's remarkable how many people I've talked to who have walked through things like this say, actually, yeah, when we set out, we were in a stronger place <laughs> than when we actually achieved the objective, you know. And, and I think there is a, a moment of reflection to say, God, there is a, a weariness in people, there's a tiredness. I was over in Germany and I found... A trip, you know, that I used to do four or five times a year. I did it. I came back utterly exhausted. It was hilarious. We, we went out on the plane to Prague, surrounded by um, stag do's, hen parties and rugby teams, end of season bashes. And they were already all drunk as we kind of took off. Actually, when we arrived back at the airport to fly back, I looked at them all and looked at Liz and said, the irony is we look in the same state as all of them. <laughs> I was shattered from just meeting people and talking. And it is a strange, strange season. Someone once asked me, <laughs> over and over as a challenge, someone said, what's your greatest achievement since coming to Wales? <laughs> and I think they were hoping for some great thing. And I said, I still believe in Jesus. I still believe in Jesus and I still believe he is the answer and he can do things. And you kind of sit there and think, you know, actually it's been a fascinating trip into Wales when we're kind of, we we're in Manchester and Stockport, well, well connected in sort of the UK team and New Frontiers and things. And then we kind of came to Wales and then I had my illness, we went through the court, all well, different things. Actually, you walk through things and it does affect you and it does have an impact on you. But to be able to say, do you know what? I still believe in Jesus. And I still believe he's the answer. and still believe I've got faith that he will do things. It's just really exciting. I remember hearing 
Matthew Hosier speaking once, and he said, by the age of 40, you need to know yourself. By the age of 40, you need to know yourself. And I remember sitting there thinking, turning to Liz and saying, that's the sort of thing you say when you've just become 40. <laughs> because I can say, actually, I don't think I've ever really known myself. You know, I think I do kind of have an idea, but you know, as my wife says, my head is an interesting place for people to explore because it's got about 20 ideas happening at the same times. And it's, you know, kind of, uh, there's a sense of chaos, <laughs> but a sense of order at the same time. And, and actually, I think we are always learning about ourselves. Tim, over in Coventry, I was doing some training for the QVC shop channel and over lockdown, which was a bizarre moment. And he sent some training stuff over to me and he introduced me to the Joe Harry window, which sounds a really interesting thing, but it's only because it was uh, made up by a guy called Joe and a guy called Harry. So they called it the Joe Harry window. But basically it's a series of questions. You end up with four boxes and it's about your, how open you are. And in one box, it's things that you know about yourself and other people know about you. That's your open box. That's, that's, what you portray that's what you communicate to people around and it's what you know that I, we know in church leadership often that you need to have a that to be quite a big box that actually people you know know you and and you're there's an openness in it the next box is a box which is things that other people know about you but you don't yet know about yourself and that's kind of like your discipleship box that's that's where you need mentoring that's that where people are speaking into you and and revealing things about yourself. The third box is things that you know about yourself, but you haven't shown to anyone else. That's, and you know, those are your private things. You know, hopefully that's not your sin. <laughs> you know, that's, that's your kind of, that's an area of your life. And then the fourth box, which I found the fascinating one, which is things you don't know about yourself and things other people don't know about you. And that, is the God box. That's kind of the box that only God knows. Only God knows those things. And I think those are the sort of things you discover when you walk through a pandemic. You find things about yourself that you didn't know. When you walk through a crisis, when you go through things, you find out things about yourself that you weren't expecting. But life moves on and we go through different seasons. On here, all of you are in a different season. We've all walked through the same sort of things, but actually we're all in different seasons. For Boris Johnson today, his season is it's ending as prime minister. He didn't realize it, he was still denying it, but I think when there was no one left in government, he probably had to face the facts. The season had come to an end. And I think how we handle the seasons we walk through is really vital to helping the church understand the mission and the call that God has put on us. You know, one of the dangers coming out of what we've walked through is that actually we can have people who have become a consumer type Christian. They can choose what they will listen to, they can choose what they go to, rather than living and being disciple makers that God has called us to be. So I just wanna look very quickly at John the Baptist. And he was a man who knew his seasons, but also struggled with some of the seasons. And so, one of his great moments is just when, in John chapter 3, we see that Jesus' disciples are, are winning the popularity vote. <laughs> More people are getting baptised in the name of Jesus than are getting baptised by John. And John's disciples kind of go to him and say, 
listen, this is unfair. You know, more people are going over now and getting baptized <coughs> by the person who you appointed, you know, that one you, you appointed him. He's, he's winning the popularity. And you can kind of get the feeling there's a, a bit of panic. There's a bit of a sense of the season's coming to an end here. You know, we, we, we gave ourselves to follow you because we thought you were the person to follow. But that guy who you seem to have appointed, the one you keep saying, he's the one, he's the one. He, he's getting more people. He's been more successful. And, and they come to John and, and you kind of sit there. And at this moment in time, this could be a critical moment. Because John, whose entire calling was to prepare the way of the Messiah, to prepare the way of Christ. This could have been the moment where he suddenly feels very insecure and says, actually, <laughs> I would like to take some of this back. <laughs> I, I'd like, I don't want this season to end. I want it to continue. But instead, he says this, a man can only receive only what is given to him from heaven. You yourselves can testify that I said I'm not the Christ, but I'm sent ahead of him. The bride belongs to the bridegroom. The friend who attends the bridegroom waits and listens for him and is full of joy when he hears the bridegroom's voice. The joy is mine and it is now complete. He must become greater and I must become less. The one who comes from above is above all. The one who's from the earth belongs to the earth and speaks to the one from the earth. The one who comes from heaven is above all. He testifies what he's seen and heard, but no one accepts his testimony. The man, but the one, the man who has accepted it is certified that God is truthful. And he goes on. And there's this wonderful moment where he knows a season. He is comfortable and secure in the call that God has given him. And at that moment, he can fully function in it, which is he knows his calling was to prepare the way. He's done that. And now seeing Jesus start to grow and his ministry start to come about, John can now say, actually, this is great. It's time for me to become less and for him to become greater. And I just think that is such an important lesson for us in leadership at whatever season you're in is that our security is never found in our position or in what we are doing, but is found that Jesus is going to get glorified. And actually we want him to be glorified. And it's, you know, it's easy to say it. It's harder to do it when you're actually in the process of handing something over or the process where you're seeing another gift coming through. And there's that moment where you suddenly realize, actually, this guy would be better at doing this than me because God has gifted him in such a way that I want him to succeed. And, and actually, if our call is to make disciples, our call is to, to get people to overtake us, <laughs> to see things that we haven't seen, to see the breakthroughs, to see the, to see the, the church come through to be all that God wants it to be. You know, I, I know, I reflect as I kind of became 50, was actually recognising that maybe some of the things that I dreamed of, some of the things I'd hoped for, I'm now going to be praying for for my children to see. You know, actually, I want them to live it. I want them to walk through it. I want them to come through it. And actually, you know, it's funny, I mean, Liz were chatting the other day and saying, well, what, what are we really good at? And that's always a hot, scary question to ask. Am I actually good at anything? You know, you kind of, you kind of say, what, what is it I'm really good at? And, and he sat down and thought, do you know what? We're really good parents. <laughs> We've 
got five kids who are all going on with God and they're lovely. And Zach at the moment is in the Gambia doing a mission. And, you know, they're all going, and you, you sit there and think, we've gone through issues. And actually, there are those moments you think, well, this is, this is what we can do. So we had a, a couple come and spend 24 hours with us recently. They came in the evening. We had a meal together. We prayed for them. They were facing some issues. We just prayed and kind of prophesied, and that was great. And then in the morning, we met again and prayed and prophesied. And they went away encouraged, and we went away. We felt like we did what God had called us to do. And there are those moments where you think there are seasons you realize actually, I've got to walk into now that which God has called me to do. And that sometimes is, that is a releasing of other people. That is a letting people go, but not discounting your role, but actually recognizing what you bring is able to help. And it, it's never easy and it's always difficult, but John the Baptist does it here. He does it. He does it brilliantly. He basically says, well, he's got to increase. I've got to decrease. He is the one. He is the Messiah. I'm, I'm the friend, you know, and that's a great position. I'm the friend of the bridegroom. I'm not the bridegroom. He is. But later on, we see John the Baptist in prison. And John is designed for the open air. He's designed for, for space. He's designed to be out and speaking to crowds. And suddenly he's locked in. And the physical has an effect on the spiritual because he sends a question to Jesus saying, are you the one? That passage was so significant for me when I was going through COVID, not COVID, when I was going through the cluster headaches, when I was kind of locked away, kind of screaming in pain 13 times a day. And I remember there thinking, I'm designed to be around people. I'm a bit peopled out at the moment, but I'm designed to be around people, to, to, to enjoy people. And, and suddenly I was locked away. And, and I found that passage, I was having thoughts and questions that I was thinking, why am I even going there? You know, there's one night I had such a horrible headache and I kind of collapsed. And when I came to, I almost shouted, is there even a God? And quickly the verse came to mind, the fool says in his heart, there's no God. And he thought, well, that was the spirit graciously came and smacked me in the face straight away. But, but actually, I see John the Baptist locked up. The seasons come to an end. And actually doubts and fears can come. I sat with my dad near the end of his life where he had just been, he'd been a remarkable man of God, had served and served and served. And I'd say some of his greatest years were looking after my mum who had Alzheimer's and he just was magnificent. I, they were his crowning years. He just loved her and protected her and cared for her and carried her through that whole process. And then he had, um, he was asked, he was told he couldn't drive anymore because of uh, an illness he had. And I sat with him that day and he just looked deflated. Just was. And the man I'd known for years was just. And I get the feeling that's where John the Baptist was. And I just sat and we talked faith. We talked about what he had done. We talked about what was to come. And it was like, you know, I said to my wife, I said, it was like I had a pump and I was just blowing him up again. And it was like, you just saw. And you get the feeling when John was in that place and Jesus said, go and tell him what you see and what you hear. Go and tell him. And even while they're in sight, in, say, he is the best of the old covenant. You know, so like he's better than Moses. He, he's, done, he's done better than David. He's, he's really done great. You know, because actually John was filled with faith. 
we need moments where we're encouraged. And I think at this moment in time, the church needs moments to be encouraged. And can I say, I think this is what we encourage them with, the mission. We encourage them again with the mission and rather as leaders reflect on who's no longer with us, we need to reflect on who God wants to add to us. We need to look at the mission and look at the people ahead of us that God wants to add. I felt really flat the other week when I had these chest pains and things. And I, I was going over to Barry to a, a church, a Coastlands Church in Barry, and I was laying hands on a, a guy taking on the leadership of the church there. And I, I must confess, I was sitting there thinking, I don't really want to go. And they kind of wanted me to go for, to bring a sort of prophetic gift into the mix. And I didn't really know him. And it was only when I got there, I suddenly remembered when I first heard his name. And it was, I was flying out to Cologne and it was, I was leaving Bristol airport. And I remember arriving at the airport and it, the airport was just full of loads of hell's angels. They were everywhere, you know, all these, the, these, uh, Cornish Hell's Angels, which was an interesting mixture, and they were everywhere, all over the place. And and our flight was delayed, which meant they had all gone and bought duty-free wine, and they'd ripped the bags open. They're all drinking the wine, and then there was this stag do who were also getting very drunk. And and then suddenly we were all sent to the you know the the gate, and we we're all waiting for the gate to open. And suddenly a big disruption happens, and uh, and the guy who one of these guys got really uh, violent towards the Hells Angels and was hurling abuse at them and saying, you know, you're evil, you're evil, you're evil. And suddenly all the Hells Angels, it's amazing, you know, all the chests come out. And, you know, all of a sudden, all these big chests all bumping each other with these chests. And it just the tensions were arising and it was horrible. And, you, and I'm sitting there thinking, actually, I'm going to quite a tricky situation with the eldership of the Church of Blime. I'm, well, I'm kind of need to get myself ready. And we get on board the plane and I kind of sit there I've got this little old lady next to me who doesn't speak any English. And I think, oh, that's good. I just better focus. And I look around, there's hell's angels all over the place. And there's only one seat left. And suddenly the guy who's caused all the trouble walks in. <laughs> and you can hear this, boosh, all these hell's angels glaring. The tension was horrible. And he sat next to me. And I remember thinking, oh, rats, why was he sat next to me? And I'm sitting there thinking, well, this is just stupid. What, what, what are I doing? He's there and I could see he's kind of crying a bit. And I turned to him and said, what, 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 what are you going to Cologne for? He said, oh, it's my stag do. My mates were taking me. We're going on stag do. Why are you going? Now, everything in me wants to say, oh, I'm just on work. But I said, oh, I'm, I'm going to a church over there. I'm a church leader. I'm going to go and meet with them. And he goes, you're a Christian. I go, yeah. He said, I know one other Christian. And he mentions this guy, this guy, Phil. It's the first time I'd ever heard this name. He said, oh, it's got Phil. He said, I, I'm, he's a Christian. Oh, I, I'm blowing it tonight. He said, I'm, I'm, the reason I got upset is because I know Phil would hate these hell's angels everywhere. And I've been offended by them. And, and my mates have spiked my drinks. I'm in a right state. So I pray with him. You have this moment of praying. And then he stands up on the plane and shouts to all the hell's angels, I've got a Christian here, he'll put you in your place. <laughs> Sit down, shut up. But it, was kind of, but it was so funny, kind of, I mentioned uh, in Barry when I was pointing, I said, Phil, the first time I ever heard your name was this horrible flight to Cologne where this guy had got himself in trouble because he thought you would be offended by these hell's angels. Little did I know the guy sitting right in front of me was that guy 
who had become a Christian because of that encounter and was going on with God. And he was in tears and he was shaking the spirit. It was, I remember sitting there thinking, wow, I was feeling really discouraged going over that night, thinking, oh, how are we going to do anything? And then God said, I'm doing more behind your back. If you actually, in this season, honour me, I will, in your weakness, my power will be perfected. And I just think, actually, for the church at this moment in time, people need to know, actually, the conversations out there are available. In fact, there's a harvest ready. You know, the challenge for us as church is this. We've just gone through a national pandemic. There's talk of nuclear war. We've got political crisis and no one is turning up to the church. You know, it's not like everyone's saying, oh, I must go to the church. But actually, it does say to us, people are in a vulnerable place and we've got hope and security. And so actually, in this season, the season is to say, yeah, look, we've gone for a tough time. We need to reflect on that. But actually, we need to recognise there is a massive mission field. Chatting to my neighbour just the other day, and, and this lady died recently of cancer. Is it Dame Diana? She used to do a podcast, The Big C or something, and she's recently died. And my neighbour was just, you know, I've never had, he knows I'm a Christian, but we've never had any deep conversations. And he goes, he said, the thing I'm struggling with. He said, the way they're talking about it is they're glorifying death. They look how wonderful the life was, but look, you know, how, how brilliant. They... And he just stopped and said, the trouble is, death is just really miserable. It's really miserable. He says, all we've heard is death, death, death. It's horrible. And I just said, well, actually, as a Christian, there's real grieving in death, but actually there's real hope in it as well. And he had to tell me more. So I ended up having this conversation with my neighbour. And, and I just realised people are open. There was, um, I think it was the EA did a, a, a kind of a, a poll, a Gallup poll type thing of where people saw Christianity. And they did it in 2019. And some of the results were really quite encouraging. I think it's sad, like they said, one in six people were open to hearing more about Jesus. Well, they've recently did one, and it was one in three people are open to hearing more about Jesus. And actually, I think at this moment in time, the church, to get energy again, to stir us, we need to recognise the season is such that actually we need to focus on the harvest. We need to focus on what God has given us to do. And to lift our heads and say, the harvest is ripe. The workers are few. And there are a few fewer now than we had. You know, it's like, actually, where the work is gone? You know? But actually, the harvest is plentiful. And I just wonder whether actually part of us is, sometimes we're looking at pastoral issues and we've got to say, actually, I'd rather look at this as a missional issue. <laughs> you know, is there something we can do to bring in young families? Is there something we can do here? How can we bring this in? How can we, how can we do the stuff that Jesus says all authority is his? He's won it. We need to go for it. And I just think this is a day for us to regain confidence. Seasons come to an end. Seasons start. All of us are in a different season in our role in leadership. Some are just starting. Some have done it for many years. Some are in this scene. Some are in this scene. But actually, I just wonder whether part of it is all of us have still got to think there's a harvest. And we're here for the harvest. And actually to see that harvest develop and that harvest come in, that will really help us. And I just look forward to being a, a dad into the whole thing, to be what God's called me to be, 
to help encourage to see lives changed and to see lives added. And so I just want to encourage you all today. There's a harvest for you and it's ready. Thanks, Andy. Andy, why don't you pray for us? Yeah. Mister. Father, Lord, right around this Zoom meeting, there are people who have gone through different experiences. Lord, some of us, if we gave reports of our church, they would be incredibly encouraging and would be, look at what's happening, how, how brilliant everything is. But for some, it would be actually, you know what, this has been really hard work at the moment. And it's, it's, it's just, it's not going well. But Lord, I want to pray, Father, that you just help meet, meet us where we're at that we would actually be able to be people who can lift our heads and say, look, there is a incredible harvest. Lord, you are doing a work in people that is more than we could ever anticipate. And Lord, that we would actually have that sense of, like John the Baptist, actually, I can only do that which God has called me to do. And Lord, we would be at peace with that. We would be at rest with that. Lord, we wouldn't try and do someone else's ministry. We'll do that which you've called us to do, and we'll, we'll see it fulfilled. And Lord, I pray today, encourage us and build us up. In your amazing name, please. Amen.